1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bicara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Norhadi, House, host, and today we have a special guest, uh, Terence Lee, uh, CPO, uh, c Procurement Officer at the Geodes Supply Chain Optimization EPEC. Okay, so thank you for being here, Terence. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. I'm okay. Having me. Mm-hmm. All right, so in today's episode, uh, we are going to talk about the impact of leadership on uh, the procurement organizations. Uh, But before we get started, can you please brief a bit about yourself and your professional background? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, A little bit about
2: myself. Um, Name is Terrence Lee, and I'm currently the Chief Procurement Officer with Jodis Supply Chain Optimization here in APAC. Um, Jody's Supply Chain Optimization is a logistic company. We have five lines of business. Four lines of business are very 3PL focused. That yeah. will be your forwarding, your contract logistics, the, um, road express, uh, road distribution and express. And the last one of course will be uh, Supply Chain Optimization. We specialize in 4PL lead logistic provider uh, kind of service and as well as advisory. So, pretty much a niche um, position between what the consultants can do for you and what the PPLs can do uh, for the customers as well. But um, I I didn't do procurement and and supply chain from day one. So what I actually did was I actually started my life in sales and marketing with Sony. And uh, throughout that time, um, I also had my own businesses um, and gained some exposure in QA, customer service, project management, And of course, um, supply chain and procurement Uh, that has spanned across the last 30 over years. And um, the sectors that I've been in touch with would be FMCG, consumer electronic, healthcare, aerospace and defense and supply chain. And of course, manufacturing. Um, But the specific things that I'm interested in and the key focus for my last 17 years is uh, really in organizational transformational change. So that's basically what I'm very interested to do right now.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, so uh, let's start with a question about the current issue of uh, leadership roles in uh, procurement. So in your opinion, how the role of procurement leadership is changing in 2021, especially having an influence of the pandemic of COVID-19?
2: That's a really good question because um, procurement has always been seen as a supporting function for a very long time. Um it in some organization it starts its life as an administrative role. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you need to process um certain orders, get certain invoices um you know analyzed, uh verified, and paid. So it's a very administrative role in the past. Um, but over the last few decades, um, some of the more advanced um sectors, you know, for example, the FMCG healthcare they have moved their procurement roles into a more strategic role. So from a tactical kind of background into a more strategic, but still it's a, in the background, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. However, in the last two to three years, and especially during the, the COVID-19 period, you can see that the procurement focus has moved drastically. We have moved from a back end support kind of um, function or kind of role and it's now more in the frontline focus kind of uh, position. So most of the procurement leaders, I would say, now have a seat at the table, at the board. Um, in the past, you know, procurement leaders will probably have to fight uh, to get a seat at the board because in most organizations, they will either report through the operational line or the finance line. Uh, right now, I can see that you know through the the COVID nineteen, a lot of emphasis in procurement. There's a lot of uh, good leaders uh, rising up, getting a seat at the the board level, and so it's it's a lot clearer for um, the procurement to drive their direction and strategy. Mm-hmm. So this this move from administrative gatekeeper kind of role into this um, revenue generator, protector, collaborative partner kind of uh, scope has really drastically changed in this pandemic period.
1: Yeah, interesting. And what are the qualities of a good procurement leader? <laughs>
2: uh, I think it's, it's the same with most good leaders. Um, uh, you need to have a very keen sense of observation you yep. must really be yep. able to understand uh, what are the correlated facts, data that you have, and you must be able to link that in, in to, to your business needs and direction, you know, connecting the dots. Um, that's that's pretty much the same with, with most other leaders that you see across all the different functions. Um, I, I think one unique part about procurement is that um, the, the procurement leader needs to be very daring in terms of exploring out-of-the-box solutions while maintaining a very high standard of integrity. Um, It's it's a very delicate balance because procurement like sales and marketing is one of those use functions with a lot of external exposure. Uh, In the case of procurement, you have a lot of external exposures to the market through the supply base and supply partners that you work with. So so you are very visible. You, You can be seen on the outside world. And what... We want if we want to drive change, definitely you need to start thinking of out of the box. But when you start thinking of out of the box, you still need to maintain that high degree of integrity. So, what do I mean? Um, you can be looking for some out of the box solution, but it cannot be win at all cost and, and disregard the, the efficacy, it disregards the, the doing the right thing. So people can see what your company represents through mm-hmm. you. So so this kind of balance is is a bit um, unique, I would say, in terms of procurement. It's pretty much like what you see in sales and marketing, very high exposure to the customer base. So that's one thing. And and more um, recent would be during the pandemic period, uh, we start to see that uh, that there are a few types of leaders, right? So there are types of leaders which is very task and result-oriented. And there's, Mm. of course, the leaders who are more people-oriented. Um, What I've observed is that over the last three years, uh, especially during the COVID-19 period, um, the task and result-oriented people um, with a certain degree of management um, at a micro level tends to suffer a little bit during this pandemic, especially when people are working from home, they don't have line of sight and so on. Um, But if the leader has a very good mix of being very result-oriented, but yet at the same time, um, you know, very people-oriented, uh, we can see that this this pandemic period, they actually shine very well. Mm. Uh, people appreciate that uh, their bosses are very understanding that during the working from home, they're given certain flexibility. And yet at the same time, they have the, the ability to drive and deliver the result. So mm. I, I think this, I wouldn't say this is the the you must have these qualities to be a good leader. But I've seen people with this quality tends to succeed better as a leader position.
1: Okay, uh, let's jump to another question. Mm-hmm. How does the uh, procurement style impact the performance of the business? Uh, so could you please share some examples where we can learn how it works? Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: I think before we talk about the style, the, the, the fundamental. Um, I would say points about procurement is typically split into um, two groupings, right? You, you, yep. you perform the task of procurement either through a very tactical way or a very strategic way. So, so you can say that it's split into tactical and, and strategic. And the whole spend that we cover in procurement covers a space of direct. That means, um, you know, items or services that impact our cost of goods. And indirect you know would be things that you know don't really directly impact your cause of good so so if we were to split in this sense um strategic versus tactical um, direct versus indirect um the the way that uh, different procurement professionals behave uh, when they do, when they carry out their task in this uh scope that they are assigned would be different so what would that mean um it, it's actually different because based on the the tasks that you do the way you work the way you relate and strategize your activities and so on it will be different uh it's a it's a balance of uh it's an understanding of your power balance and as well as keeping the objectives in mind so i'll give a few examples if you are a buyer if you are um typically tasked to carry out very tactical buying uh, activities mm. versus a strategic sourcing person. The way that you look at a market, the way that you interact with the supplier uh, for your supply relationship management would be different. Mm. The buyer tends to have a much more closer daily, regular kind of interaction with the supply base. They, their, their interaction would become uh, more, sometimes merged with a little bit of a personality uh, kind of approach uh, so, so mm-hmm. if you if you're the kind that is very um, uh, very good in collaboration right so when you discuss with your suppliers making sure that your orders are delivered on time um, the, the kind of collaborative spirit comes through right whereas in strategic sourcing yes you can be very collaborative but because strategic sourcing looks at the whole entire span from a strategic plane. Right? We, we look at the data, we look at what we're buying, we look at what's available outside and we make certain plans of how to engage the market. And through that kind of engagement, it's typically well-structured and, and intentional. That means mm-hmm. we go out there, we have intention to either influence the market to buy in a certain way or the market is restrictive and we have to make sure that you know, we are adaptive to the market in buying what we need. So I would say that the the way that they carry out the scope will be different based on the the way the task is being assigned to them. A buyer will be different versus a strategic sourcing person. Likewise, if you are in FMCG, if you are in healthcare, if you are in aerospace, it will be different as well. So I'll just give a very simple example. In FMCG, you want to buy a screw, right? A, a, a screw in the fast moving consumer goods uh, space, it would probably be something that you can do a reverse option on. Yeah. Okay? Because yeah. it's probably not that, uh, that life threatening. However, a screw, if you look at the healthcare sector, it might be a little bit more life threatening. If the screw falls out in a certain device and it doesn't work, or, or it, if a, a certain screw falls out in a device while the doctor is operating, it's never a good thing, right? So that, that increases the scale of risk, that increases the scale of attention that you must give to the item that you're buying. And all the way to the extreme and aerospace and defense. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I tell you the screw is going to fall off from the wings that you're flying in the aeroplane, uh, you'll be very, very afraid, right? Because that screw is actually holding the, the wings onto the plane, right? If it falls out, then the whole plane might just uh, come down. Yeah. So, so yeah. Again, the difference would be what are you buying? You know, the, the importance and the risk mitigation uh, considerations that you must have. All of that will impact the style that you have. And if you're buying something that is um, uh, single source. So, for example, in uh, in, in PNG, g uh, when I was with them, um, there's a product, a very good product called SK2. Uh, and it has a very unique uh, component called Pitera. Right, so that that is a single source, right? There isn't another place that you can find this except Japan, yeah. and the the uniqueness of that kind of relationship it's, it's very different. You you have high level senior management meeting each other very regularly because that's the kind of relationship that you need to have with that kind of supplier. Otherwise, your product you have no product to sell, mm. right? So it's a very unique kind of relationship. Does that mean that you cannot take something from that page and apply it to, say, your your packaging? No, you can. You you do it as well. Because I still remember we brought in um, suppliers at a very early stage of the R&D process. And because they were brought in at the early stage, we were able to define the packaging uh, specifications very, very cleanly and very clearly. So Mm -hmm. when we launch, we we launch with a very optimal price. We launch with a very clean design and it's very well accepted by the market. And because the suppliers were bought on board early, they could see the kind of um, developmental work that uh, R&D and marketing people are working on. And they gain the confidence. So Mm -hmm. I still remember this instance whereby we launched a product and on the first week of launch, we actually oversold by 250%. That means the market Mm -hmm. response was very good. Right? And because the supplier was working with us throughout the whole entire process, they could see that, hey, this product is actually quite good. So they, they took the bet, they bought more paperboard and because of that, they were able to turn around faster to meet that increased demand. So mm-hmm. the kind of relationship is it's, it's different. The, the, the style, I would say that um, most of the people would say that if you bank table, the supplier will come and kowtow and bend over backwards for you. Um, that's not entirely true. Right. And, and if you are a very collaborative uh, person, you tend to be a bit soft with the supplier. That's also not true. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that the fix out is just like every leadership um, style. You know, you need to flex your style with different suppliers, with different scenarios, with different scope, with different purpose, with different objectives, and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So I think what would succeed really well uh, that we have seen so far are the collaborative spirit. You know, if you have a collaborative spirit, with your supply partners and your customer, you tend to get better performance and better results.
1: Interesting. Thanks, nice, Eric. All right. Uh, okay. So, before we finish the conversations, uh, do you have any other key way that you would like to share with our audiences, students? Key, ta- key takeaways? Yes.
2: Yeah. So, one of the Biggest thing that I've been, uh, well, I'm a volunteer and I'm also a mentor uh, in in some of the organizations and and forums that I'm with. Um, I think the biggest takeaway I would like to share with your audience uh, is that procurement is becoming a profession that's well-recognized around the world. Mm, Um, And it's getting a lot of airtime with uh, senior management it's being recognized as uh, one of the key functions across many different sectors and verticals. So um, to to everyone who is doing procurement or has thoughts of uh, coming into procurement as a career, I think this is the right time. I think this is the right space for you. Um, You don't necessarily have to be in the uh, commercial side to rise to the top. Uh, procurement has a lot of commercial sense as well so um, this is one area that you might want to consider and it is the time for most procurement professional to start sharpening your tools and your capability and uh, well the last bit I would say is um, be, be willing to take on the challenge you don't have to be 100% ready in order for you to jump Mm. right so as you if you do bungee jumping you don't need to be 100% ready in fact all you need is just one step forward you just take a step <laughs> forward and you're off the cliff exactly right so it's it's that kind of environment i think you need to start looking at um your environment that you're operating in if you are able to find a good mentor or if you're able to join a good community or a, a group uh, forum whereby senior procurement practitioners are willing to share their experience and guide you along. Uh, like the ones that I'm doing with Sips here in, 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 Asia. Um, I think, uh, it really helps. So it really helps to to strengthen your capability and skills and give you the confidence. But at the end of the day, you are the one who has to decide whether you want to take a plunge or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, um... Once again, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today, Terence. And yeah, I look forward to speaking with you at another time. Thank you. Bye.
0: At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.picharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.